Matt C. Smith, co-host of Altas. In this episode, Jamie has a chat with Adrena Angela, who's a professional dominatrix, about what actually happened to her industry during lockdown. I'll save the surprise for you in this episode. It's a really surprising one, if I can say that. I'll let you decide for yourself. And I have a chat with one of my favorite intimacy coaches, Ruth Ramsey, about some of her best sex tips for all of us. So it's free advice, if you ask me. Uh, it's definitely sex life coaching gold, if you want to call it that. Hope you enjoy. Love you, bye. Hey, Adriana. Hi, Jamie. I wanted to talk to you about, um, so you are a professional dominatrix, right? Among mm-hmm. other things, but that's that's the main thing I want to focus on right now, if that's okay. Yeah, um, sure. And we're mm-hmm. currently in our third lockdown. Um, mm-hmm. Third of 12 lockdowns, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> God. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> Unfortunately, I might, I might be right on this one. <laughs> um, yeah, and I wanted to talk about how that has affected your work um because obviously we can't go near anyone um even if they're in you know big leather suits and masks it's you're still not mm-hmm. allowed near them <laughs> so I yeah. know how it's affected your kind of work life I mean completely hugely um yeah. totally yeah I can't <laughs> work <laughs> um I get a lot of people are like oh can't you just socially distance where I work the, the type of work I do I cannot do social distance even outside of full lockdown when we're in tier four even in tier three it was quite scary I can't work so I have done pretty about seven months this year without work I'm about right. to do by the sounds of it another three yeah. and I I run a you know I'm the director of a limited company that is how my business works yeah um so I, I could not follow I couldn't apply for any grants you know they're not really giving out grants to people to keep dungeons open right yeah. now yeah so I, I was one of those um small business owners that fell through the gaps so it's getting to the point where it's actually very scary for me yeah. yeah I'm frantically trying to figure out a solution people always say oh just go on. <laughs> one of the worst things about lockdown by the way as a sex worker is not only do the men that used to be able to bother you two hours a night in their free time now have 24 hours a day that they can dedicate <laughs> to the art <laughs> like, so you're kind of half lost your mind already but then they all all the men come out of the woodwork to tell you how to run your business okay, but they are, it is not, yeah. I've done it successfully for what five years now um yeah. It's my business, but they were like, you know what you should think about doing? You should think about, you, have you not thought about going online? Yeah. And I just <laughs> wanted to kill myself. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Sh- yeah. Why did yeah, I not exist? Oh, um, yeah. I've got the a thing webcam. Is, <laughs> the thing is, guys, if hopefully, like, listen to this, then you'll stop asking. <laughs> I have, what, a £1,700 a month to pay for my studio. Then mm. there is my home rent. Then there is all my expenses, my bills, etc. If I sell a clip for ten dollars, then the clip site takes a cut, so that's six dollars. Then it gets translated into pounds, so that's four pounds eighty. How many clips do I have to sell just to cover the seventeen hundred pounds a month in my studio? Mm-hmm. 
it's it's not the same as it helps only fans helps it is not the same as real time sessions and right now i am surviving entirely on you know four pound clips and only fans so yeah. yeah it's it's been very very difficult actually yeah, yeah. i can imagine yeah yeah do you um do you sort of see a kind of transition back into normality like if the rules eased off or is it kind of post vaccine post vaccine um i am really because you know i feel safe again when there's vaccine because the whole time i'm in the studio it's like so many different elements of sex work every time you do it you're taking some kind of personal risk yeah and that this year has felt particularly strong i've had so I've I've mostly not been working just because I live with other people. I don't want to put them at risk. It's really important to me not to do that. It's important to me to know that I wasn't a spreader, that I wasn't responsible for potentially yeah. killing someone's grandma. That's not yeah. something I want to live with. Yeah. So I've just not been working. For the small periods where I have reopened and worked, it's always a risk. And, you know, I actually had one person who was booked for a session and then they were like, oh, I'm taking a COVID test, but I feel absolutely fine. I was like, no, don't come. Yeah. And then it came back positive. So you're so close to, um, yeah. That. yeah yeah it is it is slightly terrifying um i i admit to being one of the people that didn't take it completely seriously last year like not mm-hmm. not to the full extent um and now it's getting you know the new strain is getting passed on so much easier and everyone yeah. everyone seems to be getting it now you know now it feels like i know a bunch it's of people so have got people, it so many people i've been to one of my friends this morning who has it yeah, yeah lots of people do um and i think that's the problem um for me something i've struggled with with um, the lockdowns, everything, people not taking it seriously. Um, these people who I presume predominantly are furloughed. So it's okay for them to not take it seriously. Whereas for us, it's ruining, like ruined our lives. It's yeah. ru- like ruined so many aspects of my life. It's destroyed my future. You know, all the savings that I was saving to, you know, expand the business, get a flat, whatever, is now just been eaten up by staying alive. It's yeah. impacting heavily on people's mental health. I know so many people who are like, really struggling and so for the people who are sat at home saying like oh at least i get to save money i don't think they're taking it as seriously and they don't yeah. realize the huge impact the people who are going to hospital for other reasons than covid and aren't getting treated because everyone is being you know all the funds and stuff are going into covid i think people haven't been i hope well i hope this time people are more serious about it yeah yeah definitely i think i i do personally maybe it's just my like kind of social media echo chamber chamber i feel mm. like there's been a bit of a shift with the new year now that christmas is out of the way and all that like silliness of like but they'll give us christmas right oh my now that's god out of the way, yeah um and we're in a proper like good old-fashioned lockdown now i feel like i feel like maybe the vibe's shifting a bit for a lot of people i know it has for me anyway um i hope so, so. yeah hopefully yeah. that's the case yeah but, i yeah. do hope so yeah. So on a on a more uh, sexy side of lockdown, um, okay, I yes. I was thinking you would be the perfect person to ask about this. So there's obviously a lot of couples that are now you know locked in together. Yeah, they um, have my sympathies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and as we as we know, like you know the um, the uh, sales of sex toys went up loads in mm-hmm. in the first lockdown, and uh, sales on things like as you say like OnlyFans and those you know and like premium porn sites has all gone up because people were you know not got much else to do but but have sex and wank um so i was wondering if you had any advice for like couples in lockdown that would want to kind of switch things up a bit now that we're in lockdown three maybe Um, it's time to you know introduce some new things that they can do around the house i mean i'm a predominantly single woman in lockdown so maybe not (laughs) the best person to ask but i have an imagination um no that's good i think i'd take from a more holistic side you know like actually 
make t- it's like all aspects of relationships you actually have to actively work out it just doesn't happen and of mm. course this is probably gonna give your libido and your sex life a bit of a, a hammering so I think it's about actively carving out time for that um and working on it um rather than just expecting things to stay sexy my piece of advice is always just take it outside of the bedroom the least sexy place to have sex is your own bed <laughs> like it's the one place i don't have sex like that's yeah. where you sleep it's where you stress about covid it's you know where you check your emails in the morning it's like psychologically it's not a sexy place mm. so basically um can we swear on this please do oh, good i was trying to think of another word <laughs> fuck everywhere else like yeah. literally everywhere and get creative with it like mm. just fuck everywhere and at mm. any like take little lunch breaks like if you're working still if you're furloughed make most of your lunch breaks and i would definitely say something i do with my subs at the moment is i'm incorporating their, their work into my play with them so you know i might be getting them to be sat in a zoom meeting and shirt and then like stockings and panties from the waist down yeah or getting them to lock themselves in chastity for their working hours um things like that and obviously it might be slightly different in relationships but maybe if one of your partner's working you could have them sat on a vibrator while they're Mm. at work things like that like little ways that you can incorporate miserable furloughed life into your sex life definitely makes it more bearable yeah some solid advice there i've seen a lot of um a lot of uh couple sex toys popping up as well yeah um, which i think could be really fun when in the house like i've used them like when out and like in you know in bars and stuff and like mm. that's fun but i think it's like a whole new kind of take on them to be like in the house but you like during so. work hours like yeah, yeah get really creative with it like if one of you's made lunch use that one to buzz the other one down like, <laughs> you know? like the world's sexiest doorbell yeah, yeah. i like it Hey, Ruth. Hey, Matt. Correct. Not Jamie, because again, I'm taking over the podcast today. It is my episode, my guest spot. Uh, I'm Matt C. Smith, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk About Sex. Matt, I guess today, I can start <laughs> to hijack tell Jamie. I'll hijack the thing. Today, we have a fantastic uh, woman, Ruth Ramsey. Uh, she is a sex life coach. I love that. Ruth, welcome to Let's Talk About Sex, Jamie. Thank you very much for that introduction. So... Ruth, you know, on this podcast, we talk all about sex um, and you're a sex life coach. Um, Firstly, what is a sex life coach? I am a life coach working around people's sex lives. Mm. Is there a difference between the two, the the, the different like breakdowns of therapist and things? There is. So with coaching, whatever topic you're having the coaching on, Ideally, as a client, you are in a place where things are okay. Mm. Maybe they're a bit boring. um, Maybe they're disappointing. You don't feel fulfilled, but they're fundamentally, they're all right, but you want them to be much, much better. If you're someone who is in a place where you are properly not okay and you cannot move forward from that place. um, So in the case of sex and intimacy, it could be from previous trauma incidents that haven't been dealt with that stop you moving forward in that instance that's where you need a therapist or counselor first so coaches make your okay life amazing therapists and counselors help you get to that point where things are okay and that you're able to look forward to the future Mm. thank you that's cleared things up for me because i I, i've always you know this uh, i've seen a lot of different um descriptions um mm. with therapists versus um uh yeah uh, coaches 
Um, and it, it, it's, it's, is it something that you train for? Is it something that you, you can get qualifications in? How, how, do, how does one build a career in that? Hmm. Well, at the moment, life coaching, um, at least in the UK, isn't isn't kind of an accredited thing. Anyone can call themselves a life coach. Hmm. Um, however, there are a couple of very, very good, respected coaching schools. And there is an international body, hmm. um, the International Coaching Federation. And there's two schools that I know of. There might be more, but there's two schools based in London that are themselves accredited by the ICF. Mm. And one of them is called Animas School for Transformational Coaching. And that's where I went. And my diploma mm. took me nine months. Wow. Um, and cost a quite hefty four figures. But you you do see wow. life life coaching on um oh what's that platform that does cheap courses and events? Uh, Coursera or Udemy, uh, all those different, yeah, edtech platforms basically where you can learn the course yeah. online. Yeah. And it says, be a life coach in a weekend, $12.99. <laughs> so, yeah, if you're looking for a coach, find someone who is either accredited themselves mm. to the International Coaching Federation, which I'm working towards, or who did a course which mm. is accredited by the ICF. Mm. How, does, um, how does it work? So if I were to come mm. to you, um, and actually there's, there's interesting, something interesting there because on your Instagram page, and yeah, go check out Ruth Ramsey uh, on, on Instagram, um, uh, I think you share some really, really valuable information there and then talk, talk, talk to different people around the topics. But you, you, so you mentioned that I, uh, I help women and in brackets, sometimes men. Is it that men are just not asking or, or what, what, I feel like we're walking around in like this emperor's clothing, like we know it mm. all, you know, and is that your experience too? Women are just more open to seek support and help when they need it versus men? Yes, absolutely. That's definitely my experience. Mm. But I do think, um, things are changing with men. And I think it's partly the delivery method. So I set up my coaching business um, only 18 months ago. Mm. Um, but I have got vast background experience in <laughs> sex and intimacy. Um, but I set up initially looking for one-to-one -one clients. And I definitely found that women are far more interested in investing that hefty amount of time and effort mm. and money in one-to-one -one coaching around this topic. I think women are generally aware that they've got quite big issues that need to be looked at. So typically a woman will say, I know I want a better sex life, but I don't know what I want. I don't know what mm. that means for me. Um, and will appreciate that that's not something that you're going to learn from a 90-minute webinar, for example. Yeah. Um, but it has been frustrating me not to work more with men. <laughs> Because I yeah. very, very much believe that a key part of of each gender's sexual empowerment is that the other genders have an understanding. For sure. um, so for men with women, a key part of women's sex lives being better is that men are better able to communicate about and know about women's sex lives, for example. Mm. But what I found this year um, is I recently did a webinar on how to please a woman in bed and i was there was, i was there yeah. it was great honestly it was super valuable i, I took a yeah. page of notes i have them in front of me right now actually but i but i'm gonna i'm gonna save them uh, so yeah. if you're listening to this and you want to go check it out yeah go check out ruth ramsey uh, and if you want to hit me up at matt c smith on instagram i'll also share some secrets maybe 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 one or two but you gotta go, <laughs> go to ruth's course to get to get the good stuff yeah well, yeah, that was better attended, given that it was the first time I'd done it. And I decided in the space of nine days to do it, wrote it and delivered it. So I didn't do that much promo. 
Um, but that was well attended. And I had great feedback from guys um, and guys saying, next time I'm going to tell all my friends to do this. So I think in terms of are men going to come to to a coach, I think maybe delivering it in a different way to men mm. through webinar formats, you know, action-based, shorter, sharper. This is the information. This is the key information that you need rather mm. than the longer coaching journey. This is one of the highlights, the, 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 the bullet points. But, you know, what, Ruth, you've hit uh, my experience on the head there. Um, mm. You know, I actually bought, I think, eight, nine tickets or something to, to your course for my friends because I knew if I'd asked my, my friends, they're all – uh, all in their 30s, um, most of which are in relationships, uh, one or two of which are married uh, for several years now. Um, and I, if I'd asked them, hey, um, you know, I'm going to do this thing, you want to join me? I, I pretty much think, honestly, nine out of 10 of them would say, oh, I'm busy. You know, I would have made some excuse just to not say no. Mm. So I, I did the opposite. I wrote to every single one of them. I said, hey, what are you up to on Thursday next week at this time? Uh, I've got, I got you a ticket for something. I'd love you to join me. And they were like, oh, thanks. That sounds really cool. I was like, cool. This is what we're going to. And then I just sent them the ticket. So, you know, it's in your inbox. And, oh, okay, wow. And then what I found was super, super cool was that their, uh, three of them, their partners listened in with them. Uh, they're all in heterosexual relationships. So their three female partners listened in. And it was super insightful for them because, uh, you know, I gave you an example of one of them earlier who, uh, just before we started the podcast, who um, you normalized a few things. And I know the course was, is more intended towards men, that one, because it's about how to please a woman in bed. And, and it wasn't exclusion, exclusionary just to men, um, uh, women too. But there was a lot of um, anatomy education, um, which I just found mm. really, um, really, really interesting. And actually, like you said as well, uh, my friend's partner joined in and she was like, wow, OK, I feel a bit better about myself right now. Yeah, that's something that I hear a lot from women um, and feedback that I had from, in particular, a couple. Uh, who did the workshop um they've done it together she's 38 he is 40 and he knew about the full anatomy of the clitoris and she didn't wow. and she's like how did he know this <laughs> obviously she's delighted and she's like hmm, that yeah. makes quite a lot of sense now but she didn't know but then the other thing that I talked about or one of the other things that I talked about but that particularly resonated with her from the webinar is women being concerned about how their genitals look and smell and she thought it was just her she didn't realize that other women were concerned about this mm. and she said that was um she suddenly felt so kind of accepted and less shame less shamed mm. by this concern that she had and was then able to talk about it openly with her partner and they yeah they're still talking about it <laughs> <laughs> She, she DM'd, yeah, she DM'd me on Instagram the other day to say, we're still talking about it a week later. <laughs> yeah, I'm still thinking about it. And actually, you just reminded me. So, um, you know, we're very open about these things. And I had a sexual encounter last night. I, 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 I hooked up with someone. Um, yeah. And it was a lovely experience and things like that. And actually, this morning, I commented, I complimented her on her on her vagina. And, and I did that because you, uh, I, I've done that before, for sure. I, I'm, I've been brought up in a quite British household in that sense. So we're very over complimentary about most things and polite, we try to be. <laughs> um, but I was genuine. I, I said that to her this morning and she was like, oh, thanks. She actually, she was, a, you know, not startled or surprised, but she was like, oh, thanks. Uh, and I thought to myself mm. immediately, Ruth, uh, thank you for doing that. And but, this is an interesting one, Ruth, because so I forced my friends into this, right? I thought that's the only way I'm going to educate men and get them on side because now I'm new to this world of talking about sex openly, publicly. Um, and so far, I've only had an amazing response from my kind of uh, audience and network and friends. 
But a lot of my friends at the beginning were sort of, you know, um, so uh, Matt, um, what is this stuff that you're doing? And then, you know, we all, us men know it all already. And Jamie and I have been chatting about that. And we've discovered, because, you know, Jamie's been building this audience, you know, very successfully for a couple of years now, doing these podcasts on this one right here. And his audience is mostly women. Say, hey, hey, lovely girls. And 20% of men. Hey, thanks for, thanks for tuning in. Uh, guys, listening to this, please uh, recommend this podcast to a friend or Ruth or just any of the sex positive things that you follow. Because um, I think the only way to get more men open to these types of, and, and this is open to learning, as I see it, it's mm. open to information, open to knowledge, is through women, actually. Mm. Because I had, I did a, I did a, a video um, on my YouTube channel about um, a sex toy called The Handy. Jamie's also interviewed um, the founder on this podcast, um, JP. And I, uh, I, a few, some friends around the corner here saw it. And the girls actually ended up buying a sleeve, the sex toy device, for their partners. Their partners would mm. never have bought them, but the girls bought them for them. And now the guys are so grateful. So I, I was saying to Jamie that, you know, we were sort of like, we, the only way to educate men is through women, actually. And I just kind of, kind of funny that, you know, women just have to do everything. Don't they? They have to, now they have to teach <laughs> men about sex. But actually, unfortunately, I think that is the case. If we're ever going to have this positive male movement um, towards understanding and being okay to talk about these things, I think women are the answer. I'm sorry, mm. girls, but you have to help us get there. I'm sorry. I know you do, do, do too much already in this world, but uh, with us specifically in this space, you have to educate us too. Mm. Yeah, I think that it's, it's, a, it's a balance, isn't it? Because women need to help guys become comfortable talking about this, but guys need to also take some of those matters into their own hands by educating themselves because so many women don't know that the average time it takes to orgasm is nearly 14 minutes for example the um, average time to orgasm of a woman is, is yeah. Uh, yeah 13 and a half 14 minutes right yes yes that's right and just to make clear that's not 13 and a half minutes from the hey babe should we go upstairs and get it on that's 13 and a half minutes of unfortunately right, not <laughs> <laughs> of the right type of stimulation mm. for her uh, Ruth, i don't want to give i don't want to give away too much of your mm. course because honestly i really recommend anyone um to, to go check it out it was very inexpensive it's about 12 pounds or so i'm not sure if you're going to increase the price or not you definitely should it was mm. way more than 12 mm. pounds of value 90 <laughs> minutes we went on for even longer than 90 minutes and i genuinely was i was really engaged the whole time but there was one thing and i'll, I'll just i'll when you mentioned about men, how men get turned on versus mm. how women, right? That uh, 80-20 thing. Mm. Um, would you mind just telling us if that's okay, if we could reveal that one little hint about um, the buildup and, and how men are just immediately ready for sex mm. and women need this time to build up? Yeah, it's the idea that we have dis spontaneous, what's called spontaneous desire. That's where you're walking down the street or you're doing whatever you're doing. You don't think you've had any sexual or erotic cues, but suddenly you feel like sex, Ooh. feel like sex. Um, whereas responsive desire is you need to have a lot of sexual and erotic cues come in and your body starts getting aroused before your brain goes, mm. Hey, sex is a good idea. Now, until the brain is actually engaged it might be irritating. It might be really bloody annoying if someone makes a sexual move on you because your brain isn't there yet. You need that extra time. And the statistics generally, um, I don't have them in front of me. <laughs> you <laughs> me out on this one. But yeah, oh, it's no around 70% of men, bearing in mind these kinds of studies are normally done on young college age guys. Around 70% mm. of men are spontaneous. 
So, so basically, just they, they just can, come into just, their head. Just come. I need to have sex yeah. now. Kind yeah. of thing. I'm horny. Yeah. I got an yeah. erection. Yeah. Yes. Um, I can relate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and around fifth, and, and obviously, that ties in with responsive because if you're not thinking about it, but then your girlfriend comes up and makes it clear that she wants sex, chances are, bang, you're going to be ready. But yeah, spontaneous, very quick to arouse. Whereas responsive, which I'm trying to remember the exact figures. I can give them in the notes to go under the podcast, if you like. We'll do that. We'll do that, yeah. 30% 30 of women identify as being entirely responsive. So sex never just pops into their mind. Mm. Um, And then 15% identify as being spontaneous, and then the Mm. rest are a mix. But that means one in three women, around one in three women, are not going to just suddenly feel like sex. Mm. So what this translates to is if you if you're a partner of a woman like that, you might think she never makes the first move. She obviously doesn't fancy me or she's obviously low libido. She's frigid. Why do I have to do all of the work? Um, again, is it that she actually doesn't fancy me? But no, it simply means she's got a responsive desire type and she needs to be warmed up to the idea of having sex Mm. a spontaneous desire type teamed up with with a responsive the responsive can think oh for god's sake he's got sex on his mind or she's got sex on her mind all the time and i'm not keeping up and what's wrong with me why am i not like that but if those two understand that it's just simply the way your brain is wired and the way your brain chemicals are working that neither of them are broken there's nothing wrong and work mm. together and in fact it can be to the great benefit of someone who's spontaneous to actually slow down a bit because sometimes your brain can be too far ahead of your body mm. and you can think bam i'm ready for sex right now and if actually circumstances are such that you can have sex that actually your body's not quite ready yet um, and you don't get as much pleasure from the experience as if you had had a slower warm-up and Mm -hmm. another important thing about this is the desire type changes in a long-term relationship for both genders and with age more towards responsive so maybe after a year or so in a relationship less sex less often doesn't feel as exciting and you might think oh you might think oh this is just how it is in a long-term relationship and no no that is not how it has to be or how it should be Or you might think, oh, clearly we don't fancy each other anymore. But no, it's just that you need to be aware. You need something to respond to. So you might, you will need to deliberately think we are going to watch that film that we both find sexy, for example. Mm -hmm. Or we are going to go to a comedy club and laugh our backsides off and release all the stress from the week because stress can be a big break in arousal. Release all the stress with the view that we're then going to go home, giggly, lighthearted and have amazing sex. So you need to think about how can you create those erotic cues for your desire Mm. to respond to Mm. and get you in that place ready for great sex. So gents uh, and girls listening to this, um, identify those erotic cues in your Mm. partner and initiate them, not the second before you want it, but maybe a few hours or even the day before the build-up, right? Build-up mm. is beauty. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. 
sending some sexy texts or WhatsApps or whatever you use. Um, if you know that you've got an evening together coming up, sending some sexy texts in the daytime can be what makes the difference between so-so sex and amazing sex. I'm curious, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll ask everyone listening to this, um, what is the sexiest text you could think about receiving or sending? I'm curious. Uh, that's a nice one. I'd be curious to know. So send us into Let's Talk About Sex, Jamie, uh, and uh, go check out Ruth Ramsey on Instagram. Thanks, Ruth. Great. Hello, everyone. It's me, Jamie, and I've got an important announcement to make. All right? This podcast is now sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, anyone who's been listening to the podcast for the last however long it's been, knows that I've been shouting about this company for years, since day one. One of our first episodes was a counselling session with me and my counsellor from BetterHelp, um, and I've been on it for years now, probably like coming up to like four years, I think, maybe five years I've been on it, um, getting counselling um, on a weekly basis, and I love it. Um, and yeah, it's really it's really nice. It's a bit like Tinder for therapists. You, you put in like your problems, <laughs> the things that you want to talk to someone about, and then it comes up with all these different counsellors who um, specialise in that area, and you can kind of read a little bio and like read their reviews and stuff and pick which one's for you. That's really cool. I've gone through like probably, probably about 14 counsellors in my time on BetterHelp. For me living in London especially um, I think it's the same for like most major cities out there therapy in person therapy is really expensive um, this gives you that but you know at the kind of whenever you want to do it it's all online and you can do like you know video voice or text chat um, and it's way cheaper than seeing someone in person so um, yeah it's actual proper like therapy uh, online securely online um, yeah I send messages at all at all points in, in the day and night um, it's pretty good for that you can also um, mark them as urgent, which is quite nice. I think a lot of people, when they think about online counselling, they kind of think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, it's like a bit distanced. Like you're not completely like fully in touch with your counsellor. But um, I think, you know, with it being online, you're more in touch with them and you can mark messages as urgent if you want like a, a quicker response. So they are sponsoring this podcast now, which is cool, which means we have a discount link. Um, you get 10% off if you go to betterhelp.com forward slash. Let's talk about sex, Jamie. There's a link in the bio. And yeah, love you. Bye.